You're listening to the Business and Life Conversations podcast with Angela Henderson, episode 114. Hey there, you're listening to the Business and Life Conversations podcast. My name is Angela Henderson, and on this show, we talk about improving your business, life, or both by having amazing and rich conversations with brilliant guests who will inspire you and who will give you tips and tricks to help you grow both in life and in business. Well, hey there, and welcome back to another awesome episode of the Business and Life Conversations podcast. I'm your host, Ange, from Angela Henderson Consulting, where I'm a business consultant and coach who has helped hundreds of amazing women business owners get all the pieces in place to have consistent five-figure months and then on to six-figure years without burning out in the process. Serious question time. On a scale of one to 10, how confident are you? Do you think your confidence or lack of confidence is holding you back both in life and business? I know personally with working with hundreds of amazing women business owners from around the world in my one-to-one consulting, my Action Takers Mastermind, and also my 12-month group coaching program, Profit Pillars, that confidence has impacted each of those women to some degree. And here's the thing. Confidence can impact your business in the startup phase, in the growth phase, and even in the scale phase. So the sooner you can learn about how to nip this in the butt, it's only going to make your life so much better, your business so much better. So on today's podcast, I'm super excited to bring on the amazing Katrina Blowers joining us, where she's going to be talking about claiming your confidence. We're going to break down what is confidence because it might not be what you actually think it is. We're also going to be talking about why people lack confidence, how confidence is so driven from fear. She's going to share with us also three things that you listeners can do right now to move you closer to the confidence that you oh so want. It's going to be a brilliant episode, and Katrina just brings this infectious energy with her, so get ready for an awesome episode. But before we hop straight into this amazing episode, I'd like to remind you that if you enjoy this episode, I'd love for you to share your key takeaway, a fun fact, or anything that you'd love to share about the podcast over on your Instagram stories, and make sure to tag me at Angela Henderson Consulting, because that would put a smile on my dial, but it would also allow me to share this on my own stories. This episode is sponsored by Australia's leading four-day, three-night exclusive women in business retreat that I run every single year. The retreat is where we focus on women having the chance to connect, refocus, learn, and to grow both in life and in business. This exclusive event will be held from November 5th, 2020, all the way through till November 8th at the Gold Coast here in beautiful Queensland, Australia. There are only 50 tickets being sold for this particular event, and I can confirm that 70% of tickets are already sold out. A dear friend of mine, Denise Duffield-Thomas, don't know if you've heard of her, but she's absolutely amazing. She's going to be my opening keynote. We also have Cherie from the Digital Picnic joining us and so many other amazing top speakers. But this retreat is also about surrounding yourself with amazing people that will lift you up both at the conference and at post-conference because it's so important to make sure that you've got this group of people, not just you know, for a few days, but in your life for a long time. We also have daily masterminds to get individual help on your business from both your peers and speakers. We have amazing and delicious food, other events that we do during the time. You're also going to be able to sleep in, eat a meal uninterrupted. It's going to be awesome and you're not going to want to miss out. So to secure your ticket for this year's event, make sure you head to AngelaHenderson.com.au and simply click on retreat and we do have payment plans. Now let's get into this awesome episode with the amazing Katrina. Welcome to the show, Katrina. Oh, thanks so much for having me, Ange. 
I'm super excited to have you on. We only just recently met at, I think it was a Bell Evolution event where you were speaking at. And I was like, ooh, this Katrina lady. And as I was telling you before, I don't watch the news. And so people are like, haven't you seen her? I was like, no, I haven't. But I just like what she stands for. And so I came up, had a conversation. I was like, I would love to get you on the podcast to talk about claiming your confidence. Because a lot of my listeners are female listeners. And I think confidence is something that can be rattled for male or female, but particularly women. And we're going to talk about that a little bit later on in the show. So I'm super excited to have you here today, you know, to be able to bring your wisdom to this. And I have to say, when I met you, your energy is just so infectious. You are just one of those people who you're just like a bubble of positivity to be around. So that's why I felt like we connected straight away. Because I was like, I think you were actually heading out home because you had to be at the recording studio in the morning at three and we're running a bit late. And I was like, listen, I just got in. We had like five minutes, but I was like, it's one of those things, again, when you connect with people, I feel like I've known you much longer than, do you know what I mean, in that short interaction we had. So super excited to have you on today. And one of the things that I like to do before we get into the episode about claiming your confidence is I always ask a fun question to the guest that is coming on board just to get to know you a little bit more. And we were just talking about um, some fun uh, news reporting, you know, that you're doing behind the scenes at the moment. So my question to you is, what is your, the, the coolest ever news reporting, do you know what I mean, that you've ever done in your entire career? What is just like, like lights you up, makes you smile, gets you excited. And you could talk about that topic for hours. For me, I get to meet the most incredible people. That is one of the definite perks of my job and the most exciting person who even my kids are impressed by that I've interviewed this person is Sir David Attenborough. I I couldn't sleep the night before. I knew that I had to interview him live on the radio the next day because I used to work in radio in Sydney. Mm -hmm. He did not disappoint. That man has, talking of energy, he has the most beautiful, beautiful presence to be in mm-hmm. and my goodness he has seen everything in the world and has so many stories to share so that would definitely be the highlight for me that's a highlight for you and in regards to where you're at in business now because you're still I mean you're doing the juggle the juggle is real you've got a family that you look after you know you're a news reporter on the weekends I think you said right and then obviously you do some of this and then you're now got this amazing program claiming your confidence and you're a speaker so tell me a little bit about where did this all begin for you and where you know where are you you know what is your road looking like now for you? Yeah, clearly, uh, <laughs> I, I really do love having a lot of projects on the go, don't I? Uh, so but it's I, a good thing. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm like, my ADHD brain loves, do you know what I mean, a good project, you know, so never, <laughs> never worry about a good project. So do I. So I've been a journalist for oh, 20 plus years now. I've never wanted to do anything else. I started out um, in radio and then moved into television, but I've also written for lots of newspapers. I've written a book. So I've done lots of different things on that front. Um, Part of my job involves hosting a lot of different events, so speaking on stage and seeing lots of different events. Um, And I used to think that confidence was my superpower because I've been doing public speaking since I was a kid and and acting on stage and all that kind of thing. And it's something that I've always been drawn to and something that I thought always came naturally to me. So I never second-guessed it or even thought about where it came from. About three years ago, 
I went through a divorce and uh, uh, no matter how amicable breakdowns of relationships and um, I have two children so we had to kind of juggle the whole co-parenting with that as well. Um, it's, it's really stressful for anyone else who's been through a marital breakdown. I kind of went to my job and treated that. I work at Channel 7 and I um, read the news for Channel 7 and I treated that as kind of my safe space and really pushed down a lot of the stress. But uh, stress has a fantastic way of manifesting itself. (laughs) (laughs) It attacks you where you absolutely cannot ignore it. So for me, the way that manifested is um, during our highest rating news night of the week, which is our Sunday night bulletin that's watched by, oh gosh, close to half a million people, I had a panic attack live. Oh, wow. And it was just me reading the news. It happened right at the beginning of the bulletin. So I then had to get it together and sit through the next hour of live television. Uh, And then I, of course, developed anxiety about all the triggers associated with going back into work. So walking into the studio, um, parking my car in the car park at work, getting dressed, putting on my suit, going into makeup, all of those things would trigger uh, those feelings that I was about to have another panic attack. Mm -hmm. So I had to make a choice. I could either walk away from the job that I loved or I could relearn everything that I thought that I knew about confidence. And Mm -hmm. I chose the latter because I love what I do. Uh, And that led me to uh, doing a deep dive into all the science and the techniques and strategies that really work, they're evidence-based. Um, got back out there. I um, spoke in front of my biggest crowd of people live ever last year um, in front of five and a half thousand people. How amazing is that? And people come up to me after these things and they say, you look so confident. How do you do it? Mm -hmm. Led to another, I started doing some coaching. I developed a workshop and most recently developed an online course, which uses all the strategies that um, I used myself to get back out there again. No, fantastic. And I just think, again, with business in particular, I think no matter what part of business you're in, I look at business kind of in three phases. You've got the startup phase, you've got the growth phase, and you've got the scaling phase. And I also look at businesses as some people want a hobby, and that's fine. Some people want to replace their corporate income, and some people want to build an empire. There's no wrong or right way. But in my opinion is that your confidence can get rattled, do you know what I mean, at any stage of the piece because of environmental factors, you know, sickness, etc. But for those that are just, if if we just put a blanket down, because even what I think confidence might mean and what you might think confidence mean could be two very different things. So I guess just for the premise of this particular podcast, can you just start off by defining what is confidence? Um, Yes, that we're just all on kind of the same page moving forward. Yeah, so confidence, as you say, will be different for everyone. But mostly confidence is an energy, right? Mm -hmm. For me, it is about living life to your potential. It's about being able to express whatever your unique gifts are without being shackled by fear. So it's living a life with no regrets, stepping into your purpose, um, and really confidence enables you, if you have the confidence, it enables you to do more 
and think less, mostly overthink a lot less. <laughs> because again, you could, you could almost say that again, when you're lacking the confidence, like you said, your myelin's going a million miles an hour. Do I do this? Do I do this? Do I do this? And so again, I'm assuming that in some of your experience and again, in some of the training and some of the scientific findings that you found is again, do it like it, you don't have to work harder. Do you know what I mean? To build the confidence. No, uh, it's, it's about knowing what works and what doesn't. And a lot of what we've been taught about confidence isn't actually true. And we can um, dive into that a bit more later. You know, we'll go ahead right now, because I'm curious to know a little bit about, because we're already talking about the confidence. What, what, do you, what are some of the things that, again, are myths that you could bust in regards to what we've been told and they're not actually the truth? All right, this is the biggest one. How many times have you heard about confidence? Fake it till you make it. I think that's the big all the time, especially little, right? It's like the bumper slogan for confidence, okay? But it it actually doesn't work. And there have been um, scientific studies to prove that. So the thing about fake confidence is that on a subconscious level, not only does it affect you as the person who's trying to be more confident by faking it in inverted commas, but it also uh, affects the people who you are trying to convince that you are more confident. So subconsciously, people can always tell when you're faking it. And that's because there are subtle little things with your body language that you are giving off when you know deep down that it's fake confidence. Mm-hmm. There's things like um, the the tone of your voice. Uh, There's things about the way you're standing and your posture, the things that you are saying, and also the things that internally you are saying to yourself if you're telling yourself, I'm just going to fake it till I make it. Mm -hmm. The thing that you should do instead of faking it till you make it is going to take a tiny bit more effort, but this actually works, and that is acting as if. So really getting really clear about who is your most confident self? What does that person look like? Uh, Get really specific about how does my most confident self dress? How do they stand? What would they do in the world if they had no fear and they didn't care about what other people thought of them? And then what you do is you act like you are that person. So I had a situation a few weeks ago where I had to have a really tricky conversation with my boss and I was feeling really nervous about it and I almost didn't do it because I was sitting at my desk coming up with excuses (laughs) that I could do instead of having this conversation. And I thought, hang on, what would the most confident version of Katrina do right now? Would she be sitting here making excuses or would she just take a deep breath, put her shoulders back and walk into that office and have the conversation she's entitled to have and that and I felt so much better afterwards and how much do you think with confidence how I guess what I'm trying to say is is like or do you think people are born with it some people I guess are born with a greater sense of self-assurance than others but confidence is definitely a skill it is an action that you choose uh, and and it's a muscle that gets stronger the more that you use it so um, there are I've come up with four big confidence killers (laughs) the first is perfectionism and I think we as women are definitely more susceptible to this than men Mm -hmm. Um, And in all the studies that have been done, there's definitely a confidence gap between the genders. Mm -hmm. 
For example, um, Hewlett-Packard did a study where they were trying to work out why there weren't more women in leadership roles. And they found out that women will only apply for senior leadership positions when they feel as though they have 100% of the qualifications, while men will apply when they have 60% of the So that's just one example. But um, uh, uh, Elizabeth Gilbert has written a beautiful book called Big Magic. It's a wonderful book. Oh, my gosh. And she talks about how perfectionism is just fear in a fancy pair of shoes and a pair of heels and how women really wait until all the um, stars are aligned, all the ducks are in a row before putting their work out there or before taking the leap into doing the thing that they feel most scared about. Mm-hmm. Wait until something's perfect. You'll probably never do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and my motto is done is better than perfect. Amen. I love it. Got a t-shirt printed with it. Absolutely. It's just like, because I also think that done is better than perfect because it allows you to assess what's working, what isn't working. You can adapt, you can change. And I never look at things as mistakes. I look at things as lessons. These are the lessons that we need in order to propel us forward. Definitely. I love that. I'm going to um, get a t-shirt made as well. <laughs> um, the second confidence killer is um, being underprepared, would you believe? And it is astonishing to me the number of women who I've coached, and this is their biggest killer of confidence because they're self-sabotaging um, because it's a fear of actually um, admitting to themselves that they are going to do the big scary thing. So they just pretend it's not going to happen. So the number of women who I speak to who know that they have to give a speech or they know that they have to do a big pitch to a client and they just put it out of their mind, try not to think about it. And then on the day, because they're underprepared, their nerves get the better of them. The third confidence killer is thinking that you need to be already in order to do, um, thinking that you need to be confident um, before you do something that's out of your comfort zone. So if only I was more confident, I would do this. Um, and actually the confidence comes from taking the action first. Mm-hmm. And finally, um, overthinking and negative self-talk. So All of those things that we think about when we're like, if, for example, public speaking is your fear, you stand up there and you think, oh my gosh, I'm so nervous. I don't deserve to be here. Everybody's going to see that I'm nervous. Nobody's going to listen to me. What do I have to say? That's interesting. You know, all of those little sabotaging thoughts, um, they get in the way of us um, expressing ourselves confidently too. Mm -hmm. So I love how you've, I mean, been able to, break it down into those four main, you know, confidence killers, because I think, again, it, they can feel like so many, but these ones, Jimmy, have really shone light for me about looking at, okay, yep, the perfectionism is one, being underprepared, you know, um, that you need to be in order to be able to do, and that overthinking, you know, again, interesting in the space of entrepreneurship, these characteristics are quite real. Do you know what I mean? If you look at a general entrepreneur, for example, right? Um, but I also like that you talked about the word self-sabotage, because I think self-sabotage is something that's not talked about often enough. And I know when I work with my own coaching clients and I call them out on it, they almost like want to like hide under a chair, right? Because they're like, you got me, right? How much do you think self-sabotage plays into people not being able to claim their their confidence and really stepping into that big power? Oh gosh, it's everything, isn't it? I mean, as you would know, 
and sometimes we just have to get out of our own way, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we have to get used to feeling uncomfortable in order to fully step into our confidence. Um, it comes back, you know, to that whole uh, ancient brain thing and the the fight or flight, and um, a lot of people avoid doing things that are scary because they don't like the discomfort. They don't like feeling that icky feeling of fear. Mm-hmm. Um, but bad feelings are normal when you're stepping out of your comfort zone. And if you actually feel them and name them, you take away their power because mm-hmm. um, the, the most um, delicious fuel for fear is emotion. So if you feed it with that emotion or you try and push it aside and ignore it, you're only going to, um, you know, (laughs) exacerbate that beast. So um, a great little hack that I learned when I was reporting at the Commonwealth Games on the Gold Coast a couple of years ago is reframing your fear. Uh, I was asking the athletes after their race whether they felt scared before they got up, you know, to do their big race of the day. And they said, yeah, I did. But I also felt really excited. Mm-hmm. A great hack that you can use the next time you're feeling nervous before you're going to do something out of your comfort zone is you can reframe it and see it as, you know, it's evidence that you're doing something that's going to catapult you out of your comfort zone and into something that's much more magical. And you can see it as, well, hang on, I've got these butterflies. I I am feeling a bit nervous, but I'm also feeling really excited. And isn't this amazing? I think when people sit in that uncomfortable spot, right, and they can push through it, that uncomfortableness gets less and less, right? Like it's still always going to be there, whether or not you're speaking in front of, you know, those 5,500 people, like, but it's not like it doesn't start to consume you and overwhelm you, in my opinion, right? Like it's because the more you do it, like you said, it's that muscle, right? You're pushing through it, you're beginning a little bit used to it. And I think again, that the we need that in order to get through to the other side. And that uncomfortable bit is again, what pushes us, it will always still be there, but it becomes less. What are your thoughts about that? Definitely. And another thing that is really important is to figure out your why. And I'm sure you do this, Angela, in a different context, in a business context. But when it comes to confidence, it's essential that you work out what your why is and then you make it bigger than you are. I'll give you an example of um, something I heard recently. Jennifer Lopez was talking about how she performed at the Super Bowl and it was one of the biggest performances she'd ever done and she had to share the stage with Shakira. So Shakira was up first, absolutely killing it. The crowd was going crazy and J-Lo had to stand backstage and what Shakira tear up the stage (laughs) minutes before she went on. Can you imagine standing there knowing you're about to go on in front of millions and millions of people and having to watch somebody else perform and nail it? You you could it would make a lesser person crumble, right? 100%. I said, look, I started to feel really nervous and I started to doubt myself and you know what am I doing here? What are people going to you know like me as much as her? And then she thought hang on, what is my why? My why is 
I want to get out there and show my daughter what it is to be a powerful, strong woman. And I want to show all the other Latina women that other women like me can get out there and absolutely own this. And, you know, her performance then became bigger than just being about her and how she was perceived and what other people thought of her. So get clear on your why, make it bigger than you. And that's a really great way of combating those nerves. And she did nail it. Like it was an, I mean, being from Canada and living in the United States, Super Bowls are, you know, it's part of who you are. Even if you don't watch football, you watch the Super Bowl, right? And she absolutely nailed it. And again, and I think it was not just about, do you mean being able to showcase to women, you know, I mean, in the Latino community and obviously her daughter, but I mean, she's, what was she, 50 at the time when she took the stage? I think there was like, again, any woman of any age can do this, right? So she really showed an example of if you put your mind to it, you can still rock the socks off, right? So she did an absolutely amazing job. My question to you about fear, though, is how much of lack of confidence do you feel is fear-based? Um, I reckon just about all of it because, you know, it, fear is something that's I like to look at it as a clue that you're on the right path and whenever you're breaking through an old limit or you're getting out of your comfort zone, um, fear is like that canary in the coal mine that that pops up and, and shows you that, hang on a second, we're in uncharted territory here. Um, a lot of people mistakenly think that confidence is the absence of fear and in, I've interviewed lots of people to get their strategies. I have a, a lot of friends who either work in the media or they're high-profile athletes, and I picked their brains to get content for my workshops because um, I just didn't want it to be all about just me imparting my confidence technique. Mm-hmm. And what really surprised me is that there are people who, from the outside looking in, you would think are supremely confident. People like Samantha Armitage, who's the host of um, Sunrise on Channel 7, Mm -hmm. and they still feel the fear too. So it's not about um, confidence isn't about never being nervous or never feeling the fear. It's choosing to put your fear in the passenger seat. You're in the driver's seat and you say to your fear, okay, I see you but I'm not going to let it stop me from stepping out and and doing the things that I really want to do in life. And when you've been interviewing individuals and athletes and just connecting with your family and friends, and then obviously working with those women in business from a coaching perspective, what have you seen in regards to like, how can confidence change someone's life, someone's business when they actually are like, right, I'm going to push through the uncomfortable. I'm going to push through the fear. What does it look like on the other end? Yeah, you know, it's like what we were saying before about living a life to your potential. I think a good exercise to do, and this is what I do um, with the women in my workshops, is we sit and think about, well, what are the areas of your life where perhaps you haven't said something, haven't spoken up, or you haven't put yourself forward for something, or you, um, you know, you've, you've let something go, like a dream or a person or an idea, because you haven't felt confidence. Uh, having regrets in your life is is something that is actually one of those, you know, top regrets of the dying. Have you read that book? Um, by- no, I haven't. Um, she um, spoke to a lot of people at the end of their lives and came up with, I think it was five regrets of the dying. And one of them is not living a life to your potential. And no one wants to get to the end of their life with 
um, things that they didn't do because they were too scared or because that they feared what other people would think of them. So um, I think it can change everything and it can change even the smallest things. At the end of a workshop that I did last year, a lady came up to me and she said, you know, I was thinking that um, one of the things that I really want to do but I haven't felt confident about doing is getting a piano and resuming music lessons again because I feel like at the age of 50 I've felt too nervous to admit to my family that this is something that I want to do, a dream from my childhood that I want to rekindle. So having confidence isn't just about, you know, speaking on stage or um, going for a promotion. It's about the tiny things in life too. And I think that's important because I think, again, confidence is, in my opinion, has got kind of pigeonholed, you could say. There's got to be these big, elaborate things, right? But that's, I love that you brought that up because it can equally be the little things, right? That brings us joy. That's important to our family. That's enjo- that's important to connections, whatever that is for you as an individual. So for those of you who don't necessarily want to speak on stage or be reporting or starting a podcast, that's okay. But what is it, do you know what I mean, that is still going to fulfill you and make, you know, your life that little bit better and that, and know that when, again, if you are, you know, unfortunately passing away, you're not going, I regret that. So I love that you've touched upon that. It doesn't just have to be the big things, but it can equally be the little things. Yeah. What have you found to be the number one game changing thing that you've learned about confidence? Like if there's one thing, what is that one thing for you? Look, I would definitely say, going back to what we were talking about before, acting as if, getting really clear in your mind what confidence would mean for your life and how would you act differently? What things would you do differently in your life right now, um, starting today, if you had the confidence? Getting really, really clear about that and then taking small steps. It's not about the big steps. It's about taking small steps and noticing that fear actually shrinks with every baby step that you take towards it. So act as if, don't fake it till you make it. No, fantastic. And I know one of the things you talked about on your Instagram feed, which I thought was interesting, is that confidence is an action, not a feeling. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, again, this is um, the result of, um, you know, scientific studies. Uh, They've found that um, you have to act in order to feel the feeling of confidence. And and that's when before you, you asked me to define what confidence was, a lot of people describe it as a feeling. They, they say, oh, it's something that I feel, um, but you have to actually do the action first. And for that is your brain is always looking for evidence to kind of prove to yourself that you are a person who does x y and z so you you actually have to step out of your comfort zone and start doing the thing in order for your brain to justify to yourself that you are the person that speaks on stage or plays the piano or whatever it is that you want to feel more confident about dude i love it and for those listeners that are like okay I probably need to, do you know what I mean, claim my confidence a little bit more. There's probably a few things that, again, I don't want to be on my deathbed regretting, you know. Uh, there's a few things that I've been wanting to doing, but obviously I've started to self-sabotage. What are your top three things listeners can do now to move them closer to the confidence that they want? All right. So we've all heard about gratitude journals. Well, I always 
people to start writing a success journal. And the reason for that is that our brains are hardwired for negativity. So anytime we are stepping out of our comfort zone, our brains always look for evidence that it's a big, scary thing because it's our brain's job to keep us safe, right? Mm -hmm. Our brain's always looking for negativity of why we shouldn't do that thing. The success journal flips that on its head because every time you do something that you're quite proud of or you've stepped out of your comfort zone, record it. And it can just be dot points. Record it in your journal. And then the next time you go to step out of your comfort zone, you then have all this evidence in black and white that you are the person who confidently steps forward, who nails it every time, who has achieved all of these incredible things. And writing things down also encodes things in your brain and makes it more likely to stick. So that's the first thing. The second yep. thing is to watch yourself talk. We touched on that before. Um, instead of things like, I wish the ground would open up, you know, you can tell yourself things like, I deserve this space. Instead of, I don't want to do this, say, I get to do this and I'm grateful for this opportunity. So how to talk to yourself is incredibly important. Mm -hmm. Third, get clear on your why. Just like J-Lo, get super clear on your why, write it down, refer to it often. Dude, fantastic. And I love that they're not, you know, don't you don't have to go and sit, you know, by a campfire for five days, do you know what I mean? And figure this out, like, allow yourself some time, pour yourself a glass of wine, and you can really start to do you know what I mean, do these things like get the success journal, you could have it by your desk and be writing these bullet points down regularly. It isn't about having to do things harder. It's but it's again, if you wanted to make that choice, you're wanting to claim your confidence, you're going to have to do you know what I mean, take some responsibility for it. Yeah, so I think, you know, because at the end of the day, the only person responsible is us on how every day we wake up, we have choice. Are we going to do this? Or are we going to do this? And so again, when you're lying there, do you know what I mean? Potentially on your deathbed, those choices are up to us. So choose wisely, you know, step in, claim your confidence. Now, before we wrap up, because it's been an epic episode around confidence and it's something that, again, I'm sure so many of my listeners out there are going, Ooh, this is hard for me to hear because, again, they've called me out on a few things. <laughs> what do you know now that you wish you knew when you first started out reporting, being a journalist, you know, and now working in this role also about helping and coaching women? I think that uh, I, I would have loved to have known that everyone struggles with this, no matter who they are, because my definition of my comfort zone and what it takes for me to step out of it at this point in time is different to where I was at when I was perhaps 18 years old. And I would have probably looked at myself and where I am now and thought, gosh, she's got it all together. She's, you know, she's so unrelatable to me. But everyone struggles with their own personal demons. No one's life is perfect. And that's why I've decided to really openly speak about my panic attack because um, you know, it, I, I've come through the other side of it with some strategies and hard work. And no matter your starting point, if you want more confidence, you can claim it for yourself. You just have to put the work in. And that's, again, very key. You got to still put the work in. Just like, again, when I think, well, I did, if I hire you as a business coach, like I'll be making millions. No you still have to put the work in, right? Like we will guide you, we'll support you, we will nurture you just as you will with your people. But at the end of the day, you still have to want to do it and you still have to put the work in. Like 
you don't really get one without the other here, people. So now, now for those people who are wanting to connect with you and find out more about all the amazing things that you have on offer, where can they can uh, connect with you, Katrina? Okay, you can follow me on Instagram, which is Katrina Blowers, just my name, or come to my website, which is katrinablowers.com. Fantastic. And we will have all of this information over at angelahenderson.com.au under each individual podcast. So you can make sure that you head over there. We'll have all the links for Katrina in case you miss those over on the website also. But for the rest of you, have a fabulous day no matter where you are in the world. And I look forward to you joining me again next week for another amazing episode of the Business and Life Conversations podcast. Thanks again today, Katrina, for your time, but also for your wealth of information. I can only imagine how many people are getting eager and ready to look at claiming their confidence. So thanks again. Well, thanks so much, Angela. It was a delight talking to you. Have a fab day, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Business and Life Conversations podcast with Angela Henderson. www.angelahenderson.com.au